Some years ago, there evolved a criticism of the phrase, you are in my thoughts and prayers. It was thought that the people, especially the politicians who were saying that, it was sort of disingenuous. But as Stephen Colbert said in response, well, when people are in my thoughts and prayers, that's a pretty good thing, because at least I do have thoughts and prayers. Prayer is one of those ineffable things where we're not quite sure in our minds exactly what it does, but in our hearts, we know that it does something. It transforms us. Sometimes we wish we were standing at the Red Sea and could see with our prayers the Red Sea parting, but often we are not given that gift. Often we are given more of the subtle response, more of the transformation that causes something slow and gradual rather than something momentous. But we do know that prayer is a two-way conversation with God. It is both our using our hearts we, as we lift our hearts unto God, and then we listen. We as Episcopalians are given the great gift of having a prayer book, a book that has words that enable and enhance our prayers. Sometimes, though, we can only conjure up just three words, if that, whether it's thank you or you're welcome or wow or please. Actually, I got that wrong, didn't I? Anne Lamott wrote a book that said the three greatest words of prayer are Thank you, please, and wow. Not you're welcome. Oh, that didn't make any sense. <laughs> and sometimes our hearts are so heavy that we can't think of any words to use. We can't even know in our hearts what we need to pray for, what we should pray for. And then we just trust that God is hearing our prayers, can hear what is on our hearts, and then we listen. We listen for God's response, and we trust that we are somehow transformed in our prayer. On Friday night, I realized that actually we also have a prayer of place here, that this Sanctuary is drenched in prayer. All last week, I and another and a team of us were out front trying to draw circles to prepare for our labyrinth. We had chalk, yes, never wear white or never wear black when you're trying to use chalk because I was covered with chalk. We were trying to design the labyrinth as it fit. Then Friday night, we lit the candles, and the labyrinth went through the sanctuary and back out to the labyrinth, and then came back down again. I recognized that this is a sanctuary of prayer, that we rely on the last centuries of prayer that have been lifted up 
and that the prayers that came through walking through on Friday night added to those amazing prayers that have come before us and our prayers contribute to the prayers that come in our future. Of the many people who came on Friday night to walk and to pray, there were those in the choir that lifted their voices in prayer and in song. There was one woman who was clearly perhaps coming from across the way, across the park, and she said, oh, thank God, I need to walk a labyrinth tonight. And her prayers contributed and added and were magnified by the prayers that have come before us and the prayers of those who come after us. Prayer transforms us, whether we know it or not, whether we can see it or not. But when I say to you, you are in my prayers, know that my heart is reaching out to your heart and that those prayers transform both of us. In our gospel reading this morning, it is a wonderful parable of place and prayer. Two men go into the temple to pray. They have walked up the stairs toward the temple into the darkened halls of the temple, and they approach the altar. One is a Pharisee, one is a tax collector. I love the way Jesus tells parables because whatever we thought before about the characters and the judgments we had, they're always mixed up when he finishes a parable. If, if you were an early first century Jew, the Pharisee who was standing here was the good guy. He believed that the, the Torah was for all and that the temple should be for all. And yet in the story that Jesus told, the Pharisee starts with a whole bunch of arrogance that says, thank heavens I am not like everybody else, including this tax collector next to me. And yet the Pharisee was right in the fact that he was beloved of God in his prayer. And then as a result of his prayer, he felt called to tithe and to fast. Meanwhile, on the other side was the tax collector. Now, the tax collector for the first century Jews was the collaborator, the one who was with the Romans, who gouged all the people. He not only collected the money for the Roman system, but he also collected the money for himself. And so he was the bad guy, and yet in Jesus' parable, he stands before us humbled, begging for God's mercy. What the two don't know is that they need each other. That we are like the tax collector in the fact that we are begging for mercy and we hope with our open hearts that we feel God's mercy. That we too are like the Pharisee in our arrogance, thinking that God loves us more than anybody else. And yet they need each other. 
as they cross and leave the temple, both of them are transformed by their prayers, by opening their hearts. The Pharisee has perhaps not opened the heart, opened the door to God's mercy as much as the tax collector, and yet God blows both doors open and says, I love you both. I want to show my mercy to the tax collector, and I want to show my love to the Pharisee. On Friday night, as people walked through here, they too were transformed by their prayers. We were all transformed by the music and the prayers that the choir sang, as well as the prayers of the people who came through and walked through. Frequently, we see and have so many who come to see just the Lincoln pew and the president's pew. And yet they too are transformed by the many prayers that have happened here as well as the many prayers to come. In our hearts, our prayer transforms. Your prayer transforms me. Your prayer transforms me. My prayer transforms you. It is the foundation of my faith that your prayers and my prayers mixed together are answered by God in the same way, in the same hearts. We all pray. Some of us pray in the rain as we run through the marathon. Some of us sing, some of us walk. When I was in Hanover in New Hampshire, there is a marathon fundraising that occurs every year for the Dartmouth Children's Hospital. It's called the CHAD, Children's Hospital at Dartmouth. And it's a half marathon. It's also a fun run. Everybody dresses up like some hero. Well, the church decided that they wanted to participate because it went right by the front door of the church. So there was a team formed and they ran the half marathon and raised money. But if you're like, for people like me, I struggle to be able to walk, let alone run. And so the question was, what can we do to participate? And we prayed. We gathered together over 100 names of children who had been patients at the Children's Hospital. We put their first names down on little gingerbread men and everyone took one and prayed for Jane and Julie and Jennifer and Frank and Javier. And then on the day of the race, on the run, we gathered at the, at the altar and named the names of those, the patients, the children, the doctors, the administrators of the hospital. Our prayers were added to those that ran, those that raised money. Our prayers transformed each of us. As we prayed for the little ones who had been in the hospital, we also recognized that we too had been transformed in our prayers. 
just like the tax collector, just like the Pharisee, just like those of us who gather in the pews here, we are transformed by our prayers with words, with running, with song, with our hearts. May we too gather in this sanctuary and add our prayers to the many that have come before us and the many that will go forward in the future. May this be a sanctuary of prayer. Amen.